the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Power-hungry politicians in any age don't care about the laws of the land. They care about raw power. There are forces in each party of the United States. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, and I'm not against you if you belong to one of these parties. But I belong to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. That's where I kind of vote. I want to make sure that his purposes are meted out in life. That is just a little bit of what you'll hear today on Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled The Politician Den. We were out of time yesterday and we're not able to complete this message, but we will do so now. And don't forget that if you miss any portion of this broadcast, you can go to reachingyourheart.com and download a copy right to your personal library or listen online at the website reachingyourheart.com. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. What a great day. Yes. Is that okay to pray like that? Okay. You can say amen louder. Okay, good. And you can have other days where you're saying, the Lord gave me the answer to my prayer. I'm so satisfied. Thank you. Is that okay? Okay. And then there are times when you sin, you mess up. Now, I'm sure everybody here has the same problem as the preacher. Well, do you? I mean, every now and then the preacher has a problem. I mean, we can mess up. We can say a wrong word. We can slip into a self-centered modality. Okay, we can call that an egocentric action. I mean, whatever you want to call it, we call it sin, right? And there's one solution for sin. It's called surrender and repentance and confession. And then you can say, Lord, forgive me. And then you can say, thank you for forgiving me. Is that a good way to pray? Okay, good. But then there are times when things are going rotten. You ever have a day like that? We're just going bad for you. And you can say, Lord, I'm moaning and groaning in this prayer. And, you know, and someone listening, you say, don't pray like that. Well, go ahead and pray like that if that's how you're feeling that day because God wants to hear your honest feelings, not someone else's assessment of how you should feel that day. You can moan and groan. If that's what your day is about, give it to God. Don't take it in yourself. God accepts the full gamut of your feelings in prayer. And he promises in this verse in Psalms 55, I will save you. Friend, prayer is, is like having a direct internet connection to the God of heaven with a telephone line that cannot be severed. And God will save you. Daniel didn't change his worship patterns because evil men plotted to take his life away. No. Daniel publicly prayed so that he would have no problem identifying his commitment to God. He wanted them to know that he was a praying man. Daniel saw persecution as an opportunity to witness to God and to bear witness to God's power to save. Daniel 6.10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. And then I like what he does here. He got down upon his knees. Now, I, I don't know. Have you ever had a tired day? I feel like I'm a minority in this place. 
I mean, I, I, I put in long hours. I have days I just kind of slipped in my easy chair and I can't get up very easily. Some of you like that? Well, get up and get on your knees to end that day. Don't end it in the easy chair praying. End it on your knees praying. And get on your knees when you start the day. And maybe that prayer in the middle of the day, if you can't do that, just pray. But find a place, if you can, to pray like that. And it's great advice. It's great sustaining advice for the soul. Daniel saw persecution as an opportunity to witness to God and to bear witness to the power of prayer. Daniel 6.10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. What did he do? He got down on his knees, it says, and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he had done before. He was consistent in this life pattern. He was not inconsistent. Every day he prayed. Every day he took everything to God. He walked with God like Enoch walked with God. Daniel's window was open. It wasn't closed. He no doubt saw the paparazzi down there taking pictures of him on sketch pads, you know, recording it for the king so they'd have physical evidence. They saw him praying, smirking and smiling because they had finally trapped Daniel. Uh, they had previously come by agreement to the king to make the bad law that now got him in trouble. And so in verse 11, they came by agreement again to watch Daniel break that same law so they, they could go by agreement to the king to get him killed. I mean, they're really together in this thing. These evil men had no idea who they were fighting against. I remember very clearly when our struggle for our church started, meeting with a secretary, that's probably not the best word, a political advisor of the very person who was opposing this project, who was the most powerful person in Prince George's County, who brought multi-million dollar corporations to their knees, he sent his assistant to that meeting so that the word could be sent to me. You do it my way or the highway, and his way wouldn't work for us. It just simply was not a solution. And it was an attempt to really move us on and get us out of our church property. I don't know why I said it that day. It's not my nature to do this. But I said, you know, you need to go back to your leader in this county and tell him he will lose. He is fighting against God, and he will lose. This was before we went to trial. I mean, I regretted those words shortly after because I thought it may have got us into more of a... But it didn't. The Lord actually was in play there because this man had set himself up as God in Prince George's County. He was not God. He is not God. And this last approval that we have from WSSC is proof that whatever influence he exercised in the past is over. The great God of heaven has opened up the doors for our future. And friend, I'm not afraid of the future because our God is leading us into that future. We have nothing to fear that we should forget that God answers prayer. But what happened in the days of the Medo-Persian Empire, the same thing is going to happen in this country at the time of the end. Going back to verse 12, the political animals went right to the king and they reminded the king of that law that they had made, that they had passed by agreement, that the king himself had signed and could not change. And they informed the king that Daniel, his goody-two-shoes servant, who he wanted to make prime minister of the Medo-Persian Empire, had violated the law of the Medes and Persians. Verse 13 is the linguistic, chiastic center of the story of Daniel, Daniel 6 and the lion's den. Do you have your church bulletin? This is a page from the book I'm writing on the book of Daniel. It's part of the appendix. 
It is the chiastic structure of Daniel 6. And what I mean by chiastic structure, where one side at the very end of the chapter matches the first side at the beginning of the chapter. And in sequence, the linguistic elements move toward a center. The bookends match the center. The exact linguistic center of this story of Daniel the lion's den is Daniel 6.13. I'll read it to you. Then they answered before the king that Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no heed to you, O king, or the interdict that you have signed, but makes his petitions three times a day. That's the most important point of the story. You obey God and not man, and you keep on praying in your life. You keep on obeying God in your life, no matter what's thrown your way. The law of the king required Daniel to die at the hand of the king, who must enforce the law that he himself had signed. This very same thing will happen in the mark of the beast issue. A political animal, the lamb-like beast will arise that speaks like a dragon. It has already arisen. Revelation 13, 15, it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast should even speak. Now, a kingdom, which is a beast, speaks by making laws to cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. That means to pass laws that will kill people. Verse 16, and it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, which means no longer does class or money matter. Everybody is the same. Everybody is the same. To be marked on the right hand or the forehead. Daniel was living out the same kind of challenge as the mark of the beast in his own lifetime. If you pray in the public square, the state will come after you just like Daniel. Daniel prayed anyway. From the center of power in his day, the great apostle Paul who stood before Nero, the emperor of the Roman Empire, and gave witness to Christ. To Rome, he wrote the book of Romans. He was in some other vicinity. He was ready to come to Rome. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Greek. Jesus said, if we are ashamed of him right here on earth in our workplace, the marketplace or the home and our association with others, you know, just by not talking about the Lord, not sharing the Lord, by being quiet about our religious convictions. He says he will be ashamed of us before his father and the holy angels. If you're a Christian friend, you need to be a Christian at home, at work, in the public arena all the time. You need to vote like you are a Christian In the politician's den, you need to be counted for Jesus Christ. When the lions surround you, you need to go on record, I'm a Christian. And when the king heard about the whole thing from Daniel's enemies, he tried to find a way to get Daniel out of the mess that he had made for him, but he couldn't. And then in verse 15, the men came to the king by agreement again. It was a politician coalition aimed at Daniel's volition to serve God. And the only issue they could fully unite on was their hatred of Daniel and their desire to kill him. Daniel 6.15. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no interdict or ordinance which the king establishes can be changed. Now when they came to the king, they acted like the king had a bad memory. Bad move. They were condescending in their disrespect for the king. People who disrespect religious freedom will, if given the opportunity, disrespect the integrity of the state and the law itself. These political animals viewed their interest as a greater good than the king and the law and the country itself. Power-hungry politicians in any age don't care about the laws of the land. They care about raw power. 
There are forces in each party of the United States. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, and I'm not against you if you belong to one of these parties. But I belong to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. That's where I kind of vote. I want to make sure that his purposes are meted out in life. But there are forces in each party to the right and the left in the United States that will manipulate the law of this land to get what they want. It's not a right or left issue. It's a human problem. And this is the nature of the political animal that Aristotle described. The king commanded that Daniel be brought and cast into the lion's den. But just before he did, he said this to Daniel in verse 16. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. You Daniel prayed at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, at the end of the day. Daniel prayed continually. He served God in the atmosphere of prayer, and the king knew it. He saw Daniel praying. I imagine one day as he was in conference, noon came. He says, King, i got to go. Why do you have to go? I have to go and pray. I'll be right back. And he saw the pattern of this man's life, not just at the beginning of the other day. In his work day, he prayed. He prayed where he worked, and the king knew it. Daniel's religion had made him an extraordinary servant of the king. And so the king challenges Daniel's God, not Daniel, in the good kind of way to save their common servant, Daniel. There are good men and women in office today who are looking for the right way to serve God. They are. It takes a Daniel in the halls of power to show them the way. In the story, suddenly it is no longer Daniel who's on trial. God is on trial. And then Daniel was cast down into the den. At this point in the story, a stone was taken and put over the hole of the lion's den. The king put his royal seal upon the stone so no one would lift the rock off the hole. Now, the text is very clear. It was the seal of the lords of his kingdom. Why? Because they had put Daniel there. So by sealing it with their seal, he was saying, they did this to my friend. And then the king went to the palace and he spent the night fasting. No doubt he had been seen before, but this night he was alone in his room fasting. He'd seen Daniel fasting, modeling the kind of action he saw in Daniel. We'll return to Pastor Michael Loxentenko's message in just a moment, but we are very excited right now to be able to bring you a free gift. They are called Discover Bible Guides, and they're absolutely free if you'll call right now. These new, in-depth, full-color Bible study guides are designed to help you find hopeful answers for your life. And they are absolutely free if you call right now. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. And now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. At the break of day in the early morning, the king got up and made a beeline to the lion's den. He came in haste right up to the den. And he cried out in anguish, the Bible says, in deepest sorrow. He loved Daniel. Daniel was the finest man in his kingdom, the best of servants he could find. He was the ideal citizen, but Daniel was more than this. Daniel was the king's friend. Daniel was not afraid to fellowship with people who believed in different ideas. Daniel was not afraid to make a friend out of someone who didn't go to his church. Daniel was in the process of making broad his associations to the glory of God. In anguish, he cried out, verse 20, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continue, been able to deliver you from the lions? He doesn't ask if Daniel's all right. He doesn't say, are you down there, Daniel? Can you hear me, Daniel? No, he asks Daniel one question only. 
Is your God able to save? Can he deliver you from the power of the lions? Because if he can deliver you from the mouth of the lions, maybe he can deliver me from the fear that is inside of my heart today because I live in the politician's den. God is on trial in the story, and the king wants to know if God can save Daniel and the king. That's the question he asked. The most important one, you should ask the same question today. Can God save me? Is he able? What is Daniel's answer? Look at verse 21, Daniel 6. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Daniel wouldn't have said that to tickle the king's ear. He was in the lion's den, and he was okay down there. The king couldn't hurt him any more than the lions could. No, he said it for a very different reason. He cared about the king. He wanted the king to know that the God he serves, the God that delivers, can make the king live forever too. The God who saves you from the jaws of the lion saves you so you can have eternal life in his name, in his house, and in his eternal kingdom. O king, live forever. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Daniel said, O king, live forever. Verse 22, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths. And they have not hurt me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no wrong. Gabriel told Daniel in Daniel 11, 1, that he was the guardian angel for Darius the Mede in the first year of Darius. He was the one working on Darius' heart that night. But in Daniel 10, 21, he told Daniel that Michael is Daniel's prince. The heavenly messenger who saved him was Michael, the angel of the Lord, not just an angel. The one who is the Lord. The name Michael, as I said in Hebrew, is a question. Who is just like God? And the answer in the New Testament is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Christ is not a created being. Because he is the one who is just like God, he cannot be a created being. This messenger in the Old Testament has God's name in him. Jehovah, Yahweh. He is that part of the eternal God that comes from God to save us, to deliver us. The person who is a question in the Old Testament, who took an angel form, is the answer in the New Testament. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The answer to the question of the Hebrew, Michael, who is just like God. The answer is Jesus. God has sent his angel, not an angel, his angel, his messenger, the messenger of the covenant, his precious son in angel form is the deliverer of Daniel, the angel of the Lord who is the Lord, eternal son of God. Only Jesus, friend, can deliver his people at the end of time. That's what this story is saying. What happened to Daniel is going to happen again in our lifetime. Forces will be marshaled to destroy the people of God in a single night. It will be midnight for earth's history and in the council of men. In the councils of men around the world, it will be decided in the politician's den that God's people must be destroyed for the public good, for the future of the world. It is at that hour that the mighty God of Israel will interpose to save that part of the Christian church that is faithful to both the gospel and his Ten Commandment law. Daniel 12, 1, at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who is charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never been since there was the nation till that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. The, the most difficult time in history 
When it gets so bad, there's no place left to go. When the world itself is no longer safe to live in, it's that time that Michael, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, will deliver his church. And don't tell me that somebody else delivers the church instead of Jesus. I don't buy that. The Bible does not support that notion. Michael has to be Christ. In Jude 9, Michael is called the archangel. Why is he called the archangel? Because he's the ruler of the angel. That's what the Greek word means, which means he is the ruler of all God's heavenly host. In Jude 9, he resurrects Moses' body from the dead. He calls him back to life. You can't do that if you're a created being. Christ returns with the voice of Michael, the archangel, because the scripture is true. He is the archangel. He is the ruler of the angels. He is the eternal son of God who was in angel form, but now is in human form. He has not ceased to be what he was, even though he is one of us. First Thessalonians four sixteen, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's voice or call with the sound of the trumpet of God. And that means Christ is Michael. Question removed, because Michael is the only one identified as the archangel, Jude 9. He is the eternal son of God who was Michael in the Old Testament. It says the dead in Christ will rise first. Just like Daniel 12, the graves will be opened in verse 2. Then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Friend, Jesus saved Daniel, not someone else. Christ was in the lion's den. Christ saved Daniel from the jaws of the lions and Jesus will save his people from the politician's den at the end of time too. The story ends with joy and happiness for Daniel and the king. But it's not a happy ever after ending for the man who tricked the king. Look at verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of hurt was found upon him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. Friend, there's no question why Daniel got through his time of trouble. God saved Daniel because Daniel trusted in his God. If you seek him every day and you trust him every day, just like that, guess what God will do for you? God will save you too. This is not rocket science theology. This is how it is. He will do more than this for you. He will also not only just save you, he will defeat your enemies who threaten your life. He will remove them from your life at some point in the future. We do not worship a passive do-nothing God who can't fix the messes of our life. We worship a God who is engaged to save his people, to defend his people from the evil one now and at the end of the age. Verse 24, And the king commanded, and those men who had accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They their children and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. The king's next decree was the command for people in all his kingdom to fear and respect the God of Daniel. Why? Daniel six twenty seven. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. The king got it at last. Daniel's God is God because his God can save you from the politician's den and present you to him alive and well for glory. Dear heart, live for the God who saves. Live all your life for him with all your will and all your faith. Don't compromise 
Be like Daniel. Continually serve God. Like the king, O friend, in Jesus' name, live forever. Dear Heavenly Father, we can't save ourselves. We can't keep ourselves. But we can exercise faith to believe in a God who has more strength than we do. And Father, we can exercise faith to pray in the morning, to pray in the day, and to end our day with prayer. And I pray, Father, that every person here would be a man or woman of prayer. We don't have to pray great flowery prayers. Just help us to moan and groan and say thank you and confess sins morning, noon, and night so that heaven takes notice that we are Christians. Lord, we know we're living in the last days. We can't make it through the last days by claiming to be perfect or something like that. So just give us Jesus. And may we fulfill your design in our lives by the power of the one who saved Daniel from the lion's den. In Jesus' name, amen. That will conclude The Politician Den, today's Reaching Your Heart. If you'd like to listen again, you can find it at reachingyourheart.com and download a copy of your personal library or just listen online right there on the website. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. And just for listening, we are very excited to bring to you today a free gift. It's a book entitled Soul Care. And it is an absolutely free resource just for listening today. If you'd like to dial in and get a copy of this free book, here's the telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We believe this book could change your life. So dial right now to pick up your free copy, 888-244-4673. If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us to further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. Call us now at 888-244-4673. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you again next time on another edition of Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.